Hello, friends. This is Pastor Creighton. Thank you for tuning in to New Song Church's sermon podcast. At New Song Church, we want to see Jesus lifted high in Port Perry, Ontario, as we worship, grow, and serve. You can learn more about us and find contact info at newsongportperry.ca. This is the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to him, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back, saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going further, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? Let's pray. O oh Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be always pleasing in your sight. O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. So after a rather lengthy, rather boring sermon, 
Parishioners filed out of a church, past the pastor who was, you know, there to greet folks as they left, all saying nothing, not making eye contact, until at the very end of the line, one particular person, who is a, uh, just a, a pillar of this church community, just a spirit of encouragement, a real Barnabas sort, always had something positive to say at any given moment. He met the pastor and he slapped him on the arm and he said, Pastor, thank you for that sermon. It made the, the peace and the love of God so real, so vivid for me. Thank you for that. The pastor said, no one has ever said anything like that about my preaching before. What, what in my preaching made God's peace and God's love real for you? And this parishioner said, well, pastor, just like the peace of God, your sermon today passes all understanding. <laughs> and just like the love of God, pastor, your sermon almost never ended. <laughs> The question I've been wrestling with for a while now is, why do we have sermons? That's a, it was an existential question, I got to admit, during COVID, when preaching to a, uh, well, a, a little boxes on Zoom was not exactly the, the thing I felt like I signed up for. And I quickly realized that some of the world's best Bible teaching is available to us, like on our, at our fingertips. Just go onto YouTube and we can be in London or we can be in Nashville. We can follow the very best preaching around the world. Certainly those preachers that are most influential. Why do we have sermons? Why do we preach? What's the point? Is this just like a Jesus TED talk? Is it a motivational speech for the week ahead of us? This is a sermon on sermons. It's a sermon about the point of sermons and why it is that we have sermons. And I think we have an answer in front of us in Luke chapter 24. I think we find an answer in perhaps the best sermon ever preached, which is Jesus to these two disciples on the road to Emmaus. We may not know uh, the outline of this sermon, but we do know the substance of this sermon. We know what Jesus does with this sermon. And what we learn from Luke 24 is the reason we have sermons. It's, be, it's, it's, it's because of this. And I lift this phrase from a fellow named Colin Smith, but I just think it's so perfect. God meets with people as Christ is proclaimed through his word. God meets with people as Christ is proclaimed through his words. That's what we see in Luke 24. That's why we have sermons. And if that's true, oh, she's making a break for it. <laughs> if that's true, then perhaps we can think about the fact that God wants to meet with you and I today. He wants to meet with you through his word, not hypothetically, but actually. He wants to give himself to you. He wants you to have an encounter with Jesus through his word by his Holy Spirit. We preach because God meets with people as Christ is proclaimed through his word. So very briefly, let's have a look at the Emmaus Road here. Pull out your Bible. Pull out your order of service here. This is Easter Sunday, the first Easter Sunday. It's Easter Sunday afternoon. 
And these two disciples who were witnesses to the crucifixion are packing it in. They're heading back to their hometown, Emmaus. But Jesus meets with them on the road. But they don't recognize as Jesus. He don't, they don't recognize him as Jesus. Which I think suggests to us that even when it comes to God's own self-disclosure, he is sovereign. God sovereignly chooses to reveal himself to us in his way at his time. Here's Jesus amongst the, uh, among them for this journey on the road. And they don't recognize him. But there's two things that define these disciples. These disciples are desolate When Jesus meets with them, he asks what they're talking about. And they're almost, they can't believe it. They answer with something equivalent like, are you you living under a rock? Like, you don't know what just happened in Jerusalem? You haven't heard about Jesus, a prophet who is mighty in word and deed before God and all the people? That's true. That's a bit of an understatement. How the chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. And here... Hear their desolation in verse 21. We had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. We bet it all on this guy. We were following this guy with our very lives because we believed he was the Messiah who was going to fulfill God's promise and save his people. But we just watched him get crucified. So we're cutting our losses. We're packing it in and heading back home. These disciples are desolate. But these disciples are also confused. They go on to say that it's been three days since this happened. And they explain that some of the women in their company, some of the women disciples had been witnesses to uh, an angelic appearance, a proclamation that Jesus had risen again, that he wasn't dead but alive. These women came back and told the disciples. I mean, that's the sort of news you don't get every day. It's hard to believe that that could be the case. So here these disciples are walking on the, on the road feeling desolate, feeling like their hopes were dashed, but feeling confused. Because somehow in the midst of all this, it's not making sense. Maybe we know the Emmaus Road for ourselves. Sometimes I wonder if we think church is for those who just have a real grip on life, right? Who have who've really figured out what it means to, uh, uh, to live the triumphant and victorious life. Those who have graduated from desolation, those who've graduated from confusion, the church is for those who have it all figured out. I want to suggest to you that where two or three are gathered, Jesus is there among them. That's what this uh, uh, passage suggests. But even where two are desolate and confused, Jesus meets with them. We come as those who bring our own desolation, our own confusion with us. From week to week, from one season of life to another, life offers us plenty of desolation and confusion, doesn't it? It takes its own form in each of our lives. But we bring that with us Sunday for Sunday as we journey this Emmaus road. These disciples encounter Jesus, and the hope is the same for us. Verse 25, Jesus begins to reveal himself to these disciples. He says to them, Oh, foolish ones, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Jesus takes their desolation and he offers them consolation. He says, this is not, God's plan has not gone off the rails here. The prophets have long anticipated the fact that God works his glory through suffering and that it was necessary that the Messiah is crucified, that he atones for the sin of God's people 
so that they can have a renewed fellowship and relationship with him. This is a necessary thing. God's plan is still at work. And so too Jesus takes their confusion and he offers them clarity. This is a remarkable verse, verse 27. Beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Jesus isn't just offering them his wishful thinking. Jesus is taking them to God's word, to the authority of God's word, and saying all of God's word points to the saving Messiah, crucified and risen again. All of scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, points us to Jesus, points us to the hope that we have in Jesus. And I think that's important to keep in mind. The Bible is a, is a means and not an ends. We don't have sermons just to share some interesting factoids about scripture. We have sermons so that we can have a living encounter with the living word, Jesus. Hear what uh, A.W. Tozer, this great pastor and writer, has to say. I love this quote. He says, The Bible is not an end in itself, but a means to bring men to an intimate and satisfying knowledge of God, that they may enter into him, and that they may delight in his presence and may taste and know the inner sweetness of the very God himself in the core and center of their hearts. Scripture offers us Jesus. It offers us the hope of our salvation. We have only to meet with Jesus as he gives himself to us in his word. This is the greatest sermon I think ever preached. Because here is the word of God ex uh, expositing God's word in scripture. And showing how everything points to him and his saving work. We have expository preaching here at New Song. Because we believe that God gives himself to us through his word. So when we come to understand his word, we come to encounter the living, risen, ascended, coming again, Lord Jesus. Preaching is not just talking about Jesus, it's offering a present encounter as he gives himself to us in his word by the illumination of his Holy Spirit. God meets with people as Christ is proclaimed through his word. So here we are in the middle of the Emmaus Road bringing our desolation, bringing our confusion with us. The question is, are we ready to recognize Jesus? Am I prepared for an encounter with him? So we can come and we can hear a sermon, but without the eyes of faith, we won't recognize Jesus in it. Jesus will remain unrecognizable in our midst. It's only through the eyes of faith that we can grasp Jesus as he gives himself to us, that these saving promises are not just something written long ago, but are something that are being realized in our midst, that are being confirmed in our hearts. And so through prayer and through our own practice of spiritual disciplines, we train ourselves to grasp Jesus where he gives himself to us. Do we come prayerfully on a Sunday morning? Do we come ready to meet with Jesus as he's giving himself to us? And what will I do with what I hear? The disciples hear Jesus' sermon in verse 27, and they turn their lives around. They were heading from Jerusalem to Emmaus, but notice in verse 33, they return to Jerusalem. Literally speaking, they turn their lives around. For us, we might not, uh, we might not turn the direction in which we're walking around, but each and every encounter with God, 
in Christ through his word is an opportunity for us to turn our lives to where Jesus is directing us. To consider the path we're walking and then consider where Jesus is calling us to go. To repent of those paths we'd prefer to his and to walk as his disciples. The Emmaus disciples turn their lives around and then they go and they proclaim the good news. Do you notice that in verse 35? They told what had happened on the road. When we receive God's word, we're then invited to be those who go and share that word with others. To hearten one another, to fortify one another, and to proclaim good news to those who, uh, to, to the lost. To go and be a light to the nations, which is our calling as God's people. God meets with people as Christ is proclaimed through his word. I'll offer one final thought, and the thought is this. What's true of Jesus giving himself to us in his word is also true of the table. When we come to God's word, we're ready for a living encounter with the living Jesus. And when we come to God's table through faith, we come to do the same. God meets with people as he's proclaimed through his word and in sacrament. One of my uh, favorite Puritan writers is a guy named Thomas Watson. He has this to say about the Lord's Supper. He says, God, to help our faith, does not only give us an audible word, sermons, but a visible sign. He knows that we're physical material beings and we need physical material signs. And so here is God's word given to us in bread and wine, the signs of the new covenant to confirm that Christ has been given for you. So when you hear the words, this is the body of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ shed for you, that's not hypothetical. That's real. That is for you. The word brings us to Christ, writes Thomas Watson. The sacrament builds us up in him. The table is like a visible sermon. We take in sermons through our ears, but we come to this table to take in this edible sermon with our mouths. And we taste and we see that the Lord is good. So friends, come, let us adore him. Thank you for listening today. We worship a generous God who calls us to follow him in giving willfully, cheerfully, and sacrificially. New Song Church's mission and ministry is 100% funded by the generous gifts of those worshiping and journeying with us. If you'd like to offer a gift towards New Song's ministry, please visit newsongportperry.ca slash giving for more information on how to do that. May God bless you and keep you today and every day.